things like this. I want to know, you know, what do you do? You know, what do you prepare for? And I spoke about this a little bit before. You know, I think of some of the winners, and I don't want to say the losers, but maybe the the businesses that are having more difficulty. I think of the B2C winners, those folks who have loyalty programs and, you know, constant interaction with their consumers. And they have the ability to easily and permission to collect first party data. And you have other, you know, I'd say CPG type of products. You know, I'm thinking I'll be really bland and say laundry detergent or cookies or um, cookies yep. that you eat. Not digital cookies. Yeah, and, the other kind of cookies. Yeah, the other kind of cookies. The, the ones we really love. Um, you know, those types of, of, con, of companies, those CPG companies, you know, don't have a lot of access to first party data. You know, they're selling through other channels and they're more of a B2B2C model. You know, but again, there's somewhat natural winners and losers in this because some people just have more direct access to their customers than than other businesses do. So, you know, what should marketers do? How should they respond? Yeah, and, and you've hit it on the head, and that's where, you know, as we talk about, you know, we, we mentioned cookies going away, these anonymous, and you hit it on the head where if users are logged in, that's a different way of identity, and there's more consent uh, for that user logs in. They are consenting to say this by telling that publisher or that brand, this is who I am. I'm Todd Dizik. I live on this street in, in Chicago, Illinois, and you can find me there. Um, and so brands need to react to that is if you have assets rooted in first party data, so you know consumers, where they live, um, who they are, you will always be able then to find ways to advertise to them through those consented networks. And it's not a, you know, that's not the same scale that we saw before. And to your point, it's important then for brands to also think of what's happening is even if they haven't had that one-to-one -one relationship with their customers, maybe it's time they think about ways to develop that. Um, right. And you, you mentioned things like newsletters, loyalty programs, some of the little tactics. I think we're going, my personal opinion is advertisers will evolve that communication strategy to, and find something that's relevant. Uh, so brands can at least identify those top tier, high value consumers will interact with them directly so that they know who they are and then they can safely and consistently and predictably, you know, communicate to them and advertise to them in all the appropriate places. And then that's the second, the, what kind of comes with that is if you're investing in those first party data systems, whether it's you're acquiring the rights to those consumers um, by companies like V12, or if you're developing and probably both developing programs for those consumers to volunteer that information to you, it's still more expensive. Um, and it's a, and it's a, you know, sort of, it might be table stakes, but it's still an investment by those brands. And the benefit, so they need benefits on top of it. And what you really, we call it match results, but it's those higher KPI qualifications, right? It's sales attribution versus a market share estimation or a brand effects study. It is KPIs tied directly to your top line and your bottom line. And so I think that's, that's how brands have to start thinking about the channel. Um, and it, it's a little bit, and what's also in there and, and rooted is we've seen it coming for a while is this conversion of MarTech and ad tech, right? And so ad tech kind of loosely, people forgive me as I oversimplify it, but it was kind of this way of media planning saying, hey, this sort of content attracts consumers in this age and demo breakout. That is my core consumer. So I will target those media properties. That's a way of kind of loosely qualifying that you're reaching the right audience and those impressions are, 
are landing with a good part of the people that are seeing it. Um, Adtech, MarTech was more performance driven. It's like, I, I need to know exactly who this person is because I'm sending this very expensive, maybe direct mail piece, maybe a catalog, maybe an email, and I'm gonna ship product directly to that consumer. So I need this rich, high quality, name and address, identity rich information in order to decide whether or not to market to them. Well, now they're sort of coming to the same playing field, right? Because if you think about cookie, you know, we, we talked about those digital ecosystems, those walled gardens, YouTube, but that's linear TV is also just kind of dying as connected TV and YouTube and Facebook and Snap start uh, broadcasting content and Amazon. Don't mean to leave those guys out as well, given the football game tonight. Uh, they they also are disrupting that same the same sort of step change in privacy is also affecting linear TV and I think when those two things come together, ad tech and martech will merge as one and it'll all be rooted in rich consumer identity. So as you invest in maintaining it, understanding the important descriptive elements behind it, and the process and discipline of making sure you're holding those marketing programs activating against that data to a higher standard. You know, that's the future for sure. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that really connected TV companies, especially, I think, and how they have been preparing for this for a long time. They were strangely prepared for it, I think, unbeknownst to their own preparation in some ways, yeah. and had really developed that rich data set of first party data so they could build their various audiences to really prepare for that addressable advertising wave that they were you know, promoting essentially. And when COVID hit, they had this just, I'd say green field of opportunity. And, you know, I think yep. purposely and accidentally, they were ready for it. I mean, it's it's been, they've been really, I think um, the winners, I think in this, in this category. And I've been really impressed with how some of those companies um, were prepared and have been executing um, on these really purposeful audiences. And it's, I think it's really impressive. Um, how they were able to quickly shift. And I know they were preparing for it for years, you know, and for other reasons, you know, but um, I think some of these privacy issues has really helped um, their, 100%. their advantages uh, and effectiveness. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's because essentially that when you invest in first party data, yeah. understanding that consumer, well, that consumer identity and login information, that's the currency of connected TV too. And if you look at some of the consolidation that's going on, you are seeing combinations of what would be programmatic DSPs, which is more open inventory, inventory on the open web, combining with connected TV inventory yeah. in the mm -hmm. anticipation that, hey, signed in traffic is going to be at a premium. There'll be less of it. Where can I get more in inventory connected TV who's been trying to tell that story <laughs> since... Uh, the turn of the century, right? That, hey, linear TV was got killed by cable. We can help replace some of those analytics because you know it's not about the Nielsen ratings anymore. It's about the consumer that's watching your content. Um, and I think those are coming together nicely.